The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show with host Rick Zamprin. Yes. Good morning once again. What a fantastic weekend we have in store for you and a great show as well. We're going to talk Talk about a Toronto couple that was shocked to see their rent skyrocket, not by one or two or even 5%. No, no, no. This is in the double digits. Stay tuned for that. The Ontario government's announcing new measures to boost the housing supply. We'll talk about Canada's housing market. Is it going to crash? Is it going to soar? Is there another option? There's a new poll out that shows a lot of young homeowners have received financial help from their parents. Not too surprised by that. And we'll also talk about the recent convoy protests across Canada and how they are impacting the housing markets. Don't forget for the hottest listings in town, for your chance to get your home to sell for top dollar, you got to go online to robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. And follow the Golfie team. They're all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Before we get to our bevy of topics how has your real estate week been has it been has it been busy has it quieted down any it, it ha- we, we've been busy but the market is uh down in unit sales uh like if, if you're if we're looking from um the first let's say 20 days of last year and the first 20 days of this year uh for instance in in the hamilton surrounding areas um in unit numbers we're down 11 percent and uh so um, you know, it's the inventory is is not there, but the amount of people visiting and looking at houses are way up. Now in Halton, they're down 31% in unit sales. So there's a huge, that's a major difference in Halton. That's that's including obviously Milton, uh, Oakville, and Burlington. And in Niagara, they're down 16% in unit sales. So it is uh, it's a tough go out there to find real estate to buy. Um, people are competing with investors. You got home first-time home buyers, uh, people trying to downsize, um, and and they're all competing against each other. And uh, and there's not going to be that many houses being flipped as much now. I have one in Hamilton that I just put on the market, and it, we already have an offer on it on the first first day or two that that it hit the market. And it's in the east end, 50-foot wide lot. We listed it at 469.9. Uh, it, it, it's a gut or a teardown. Well, not a gut. It's, it's a teardown. It's a teardown. You can subdivide that lot into two 25-foot lots because and the potential the potential's there. So this is where the city and the Ontario government is probably going to make it easy for anybody to come in. And, and now they're going to add two houses. Uh, they're going to add a, another single-family dwelling on this property. You know, and um, it'll just bring more housing to the to the market, so that there's more available for people to buy. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough grind out there, Rick. It's uh, it's it's not easy, and you know, it uh, it is a tough grind. So that property for four, you said four sixty nine nine. 
Um, yeah. And saying that's a teardown. Would someone was obviously going to buy that property, tear down the home, and then eventually build two homes, correct? Build two homes. Just down the street, I saw uh, uh, a similar thing just happened. Uh, and the house looks like it's about five to seven years old, two, two stories on 20 foot wide lots right beside each other. They look you know, identical. They have a single car garage. Um, you know, they're obviously not big houses. They're probably going to be about 15, 1500 square foot homes. And the house there now is just under a thousand square foot. So, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of that happening in, in Hamilton and in different areas, uh, especially if they're, if they're allowing, you know, to subdivide a lot. So if you can find a 50 foot wide lot in certain neighborhoods, you can subdivide it to two 25s. You can build two single family homes. Now, the thing is you have to find out, does it warrant to sell a house, a brand new house in that area? So now can it sustain a 650 to 700? Maybe it probably can sell for 750 for a house in that neighborhood, even though the top Houses in that neighborhood that are done nice, that are older, they're they're built probably you know uh, in the early 1900s or mid you know 1930s, you know uh, they would probably have um, um, renovations done and they're selling in a 600 range. A brand new house would probably go for uh, maybe you know seven seven fifty. Now people that buy those houses uh, usually it's out of town people uh, from the uh, outside area. And or people that grew up in those neighborhoods, they want to stay there. They don't. And, but now they got something new and and they will purchase that. Uh, so it just uh, um, and, and that's where it's going to be going because they got to build, a you know, over a million homes in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. So how long would that process take? So someone buys that property, they're tearing down the house, they're building two more. Obviously, there's permits and, and the whole kit and caboodle. Would that take more than a year, less than a year? How quickly could that happen? If they've got good people and it depends on the city, they can do it in less than a year, just under a year. They can wow. get in there, tear down, uh, get the uh, zoning change done, get the severance done, and they can probably do it in, in a year's time. So, you know, it, it depending on the city, as you say, it'll take about a year, uh, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more for someone to buy that property, cut it in half, basically put two homes on it. Um, I guess the servicing to the property would also have to be changed too, because it's two homes, right? Well, the servicing on one side would be no problem. It's actually adding a servicing. So you'd have to cut into the road for the second, the second home to be right. put there. Now, now these properties are not easy to come by this property. Uh, you know, there were hoarders there. There was people, you know, it wasn't taken care of. I mean, it's, it's so beyond to the point that it's beyond, um, you know, like gutting it to a point. Now there was a lot of money put into this house. Like they put a, you know, weeping tiles, they put new shingles, they put a lot of work into it, but the house, you know, needs, you know, but, but, but the price point works where that it, there's enough money for a small builder to make money on on a, on a small project like that. And, uh, but, but if that house was listed for 700, it might be a little tough or, or even 650, it would be a little tough uh, to, to do that. So my, my gut feeling is, uh, it'll sell between, it'll probably sell, you know, around 500. If, if we get 550 for it, unbelievable, fantastic. Um, you know what I mean? So it's just, yeah. it's just hard to tell, but I, I, I expect that we're going to sell it more than 469.9. So one more question before we move on to some of the other topics we have today. So if an investor buys this property, tears down the home, builds two new homes on this now split property, 
How much would those homes go for? Are we talking well north of 600, maybe even 700? Yeah, I'd say 750 uh, would be, it could be more, but I, I think 750 is probably the, the right uh, dollar point for those. Uh, it could be 800, but you got to be careful because the, the neighborhood doesn't demand those kind of numbers. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the highest, the highest ones in those neighborhoods. Uh, and these are like bungalows that are under a thousand square feet selling. Uh, the top ones are selling for 650. Right. So now if you're going over 200,000 of the, the next, then you got to You got to be very careful. So but you never know. You don't know. I mean, we didn't expect the market to do what it's doing right now. It's just it, it's gone in, insane uh, the way the way it's been going. So and uh, but yeah, like it's, it's hard to tell. But uh, I mean, hey, the, the, the small builders, they take the risk and uh, they know they know their numbers better than uh, than I do when it comes to uh, building a, a, a small uh, two story home with a single car garage. Let's move over to one of the hot topics in this country, and that was the convoy protest, the one most notable in Ottawa, of course. Um, many people intimating that it may impact house pricing uh, going forward. We've heard from the CEO of Royal LePage, who says that Canada's reputation for political stability has taken a hit, and that might impact um, the confidence in this country and, of course, uh, house prices. We've heard from the chief economist at BMO Financial Group, who doesn't think that the Ottawa occupation will uh, dissuade any investment or people from coming here. Others believe that uh, in places like Ottawa and Windsor, maybe the two highest profile uh, protest places will likely see uh, higher real estate prices because there's going to be reluctance from some homeowners to list and have you know strangers walking through their house. They've already been disrupted for about a month by these protesters. The last thing they want to do is put their house up for sale. What do you think the impact is going to be from these convoy protests? I, I don't think it's going to hurt the market at all. Um, I think it's they're 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 going to have a slight little boom, uh, especially downtown uh, Ottawa. I was just talking to a good friend of mine. He's a Remax agent, Jeff Walker in the uh, in the Ottawa area, and he told me he says basically everything uh, close to the downtown core was like you couldn't really get through. So, so there wasn't really too much going up for sale, not too much selling. So basically you know, that was kind of off limits. Now it's clearing up. I, I was just talking to him uh, this morning and he said, it's clearing up. You know, there's a lot of police presence still and we're, and there's, and they're starting to see the inventory start to climb. Now people are starting to list because they were holding off and they held off for a month. So they're going to see a slight little uh, surge of inventory and surge of people looking. So, so they're, they're at, their market is going to be very furious and, and very active uh, right, probably right now that we're getting into the spring, right into the spring market, and I, I do feel that we'll we'll level off everywhere in the country, in the in the major city centers, and across Canada, and we're especially in Ontario, that the market will settle down. But I don't think this uh, protest of any sort whatsoever is going to affect the real estate market, no matter whether you're in Windsor, Ottawa, or you know Hamilton or Toronto. Um, I think it's it's still uh, progressing and still going the way it is. It's just that Ottawa, they were shut down. People were probably holding off and and uh, just not sure what to do. But now they're 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 going back on. Like I was just talking, and he says that things are starting to come come back to life again. And um, they're they've, they've got a strong police presence just in case there you know there may be another protest starting. So, but they're just uh, but right right now they can get through and in, in and around the, the city.
If you want to sell your home or you're in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I, dot com. When we come back, a new poll shows that a lot of young homeowner, homeowners got financial help from their parents, and unsurprisingly so. We'll dive into that when we come back here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home, when my thoughts escaping home. When my music's playing home, when my love lies waiting silently for me. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. Pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them on the World Wide Web, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton's first real estate team to sell 1,000 homes in a year. That's the Golfy team, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. Follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, we'll tackle it on a future program. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come on the show, we'll talk about the Ontario government's announcing new measures to boost the housing supply in this province. And a Toronto couple. Shocked to see their rents go way up. Find out how much in a matter of minutes. But let's dive into this next topic, and that is a new poll from Abacus Data, commissioned by the Ontario Real Estate Association, has found that 41% of the parents of children aged 18 to 38 who owned their homes helped finance that purchase, some to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. The average gift exceeded 70 grand this is really not a supply a surprise is it rob you've you've seen more and more of this it, it is no surprise and they, and there is no choice really um and 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 those people that did get the help from their parents um were, were the lucky ones because anybody else doesn't have that help they're, they're kind of they're, they may have to wait 10 15 or even 20 years to buy a house just especially the way it's going so they actually you know um it it, it helped them quite a bit and, and it's sad that 40 percent now when i was i guess 20 years old i like when i think it was manageable to save money and buy buy a house on your on your own and 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 purchase it uh, with it with not too much help from from parents. I don't think the the percentage was forty percent way back, maybe thirty years ago right. uh, or thirty five years ago. So it, it there is a di- there there is a difference, but you have no choice. You need help. That's the only way you're going to end up buying real estate today. So you need that help, and and it's and fortunately it's good for those forty percent of those people that had that help. So, so the poll shows that's yeah the poll shows seventy two percent gifted money to help with the down payments the average value of those gifts totaled just over seventy three thousand dollars and among those who only provided a loan for the down payment 
The average contribution was just shy of 41000 Now, here's, to me, the bigger issue. That's 38% of parents who helped financially with a, a home purchase said that they helped their children pay their mortgage payments, suggesting that not a sig- insignificant number of younger homeowners would struggle to pay their bills without assistance. So to me, the, the big issue is, yeah, these kids have a house and their and their parents are helping them pay for the down payment, but if they're helping them with their mortgage payments as well, I mean, these children, these homeowners are house poor, and that's going to be a real struggle for the long term. Absolutely. They're training their kids to to depend on their parents and they shouldn't do that. They got to like, it's okay to, to help with the down payment and get them started, but they should be able to manage the house themselves without any help on a monthly basis from parents. And I know I know people that do that. I, I know people that do that for their kids. Um, I, I, I think it's it's wrong. If they can't afford the house, they shouldn't buy it. They should have bought something less expensive. But uh, it, it's, it is not a good way to train your kids to... Uh, to, you know, to like to get used to that. I mean, Hey, they, you grow up, you know, you, you leave the house and you should be able to manage yourself. If you have to depend on your parents, uh, in your twenties and in your thirties, guess what? It's going to continue right into your forties and fifties. And it's not a good way to raise kids or train your kids to depend on you. So given that scenario, if the parents are using some of their, maybe it's, maybe it's retirement savings, maybe it's just, you know, day to day, they're probably still in the workforce to help pay for their children's uh, mortgage payments or down payment. My thought would be that these parents are probably not going to be inclined to leave their homes, to sell their homes and move somewhere else, unless they're really selling uh, high and buying low, because a lot of their resources are going to help their kids. Well, absolutely. A lot of them, a lot of them, you know, uh, some great, brave and uh, parents are remortgaging their house so their kids can buy a house. And, but they're, but, but they are staying in their own house. So they're, they're, so the parents now are taking on a bit of a, a mortgage, maybe on their line of credit or whatever, so that their kids can help out. And hopefully they, they may get the money back down the road or they're just advancing them a little bit of uh, inheritance in, in advance. But, uh, but yeah, it, uh, parents are, are sticking around a little longer in their houses because there's really not much to buy out there for them to, to sell their house and buy something, uh, less expensive. Cause usually if you have a two story home and then you want to go to a bungalow, the price point is n- not that much different. And bungalows used to be a lot better price, uh, years ago, but now because of the baby boomer population, uh, they're all buying bungalows. So the bumble- the bungalows have gone up in price so much in the last five, 10 years that it, uh, it's, it, it, it doesn't make sense to move. So you're getting a lot of baby boomers sticking around in their big two-story homes and they're going to stick it out. And if, even if they have to put a chairlift, if they're in their eighties and nineties, they'll do it. We're talking about a new poll from Abacus Data that shows more than 40% of young homeowners receive financial help from their parents. The average gift was more than $70,000. Here's a couple of other statistics from this poll that was commissioned by the uh, Ontario Real Estate Association. 71% of non-homeowners still aspire to purchase residential real estate, which, you know, is a big check mark. I think that's something to look forward to and, and really, you know, applaud that they're still, they want to be in the game. But of those individuals, more than half, 55%, said that they were pessimistic about buying a home in a community they actually want to live. So they're going to have to sacrifice maybe where they want to live to get the price point that makes sense to them financially. 
Yes, and we see that all the time here. Like we know that uh, a lot of people want different neighborhoods where they want to move to, but they find out that uh, it's just the price point's just too expensive. So what they're doing is they're starting in a different area, and, and once they build enough equity, they will end up moving to the neighborhood they want. So they, you're right. They, they are a lot of first time buyers are sacrificing the neighborhoods that uh, that they're moving to right now. Uh, so that's just a temporary uh, time that they're going to be there. And I'd say five years. Usually, you're going to see a lot of people moving so but they're like people right now are moving every between every five and seven years that's that's kind of the average that's going on right now well i know the golfy team helps hundreds and hundreds of people get into homes many of those people are first-time home buyers what would you put the percentage at of those first-time home buyers who need financial help from their parents how many how many of those clients have you seen let's say over the last year what percentage have needed financial help from their parents with us, um, I, I'd say it's it, it's over fifty yeah. percent for sure. Yeah, we we've dealt with the parents, uh, and surprisingly, the parents are kind of holding back. They're not they're not being uh, involved as much as they were probably ten years ago. You know, they're 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 the, the, the you know what it is because the um, the kids are older. Uh, the millennials that are buying first time, they're more closer in their, close to their thirties or maybe even 31, 32. So they're, they're letting their kids make the decision. If they're under 25, you'll see the parents lingering around on the showings and stuff like that. But, but once they, <laughs> <laughs> they're still, they still got an arm's length uh, to their kids, but as they get older, closer to 30, uh, you're finding the kids are picking the house and they tell their parents and the parents say, okay, here, where do I write the check? You're good right. to go. And uh, so, but yeah, we're, we're finding uh, uh, quite a few are definitely helping their kids uh, and they have to, they have no choice. They, they've got to, if you don't have a house and, and, and God bless those guys that, that have parents that can help. And, and, and I feel bad for the ones that don't have it. And, and cause I know it's frustrating for them. How has the, the, the pandemic shifted the, the, the parent involvement? Because you said, you know, as soon as they hit kind of that 30 age range, the parents back off a little bit. Has the pandemic accelerated that? Any Has it had any impact? Well, the pandemic, uh, you know what I mean? Like nobody expected this to happen, th- this boom to happen. And I think it's accelerated because, uh, you know, on the news every every month, every, you know, the stats are coming out, housing prices are going up and they're going up by leaps and bounds. They're not going up by single digits. They're going up by double digit numbers. And so what they're saying is, listen, you need to get going. We need to get you up, get you going and get a, find a house and that that you can, you know, afford to you know, a mortgage on and, and that they're fast tracking it. The parents are fast tracking because they know these kids, they're not going to be able to afford it. And it's going to be more expensive for the parents putting a bigger down payment because the houses are getting more expensive, but it's going to get to a point where um, we hit a ceiling and nobody will be able to afford it. And that's when things will, will, will come back and, and resettle with the, with the numbers, but there'll be, there'll, there'll be a stopping point. And once it stops and then it'll hover there for a while, we will hit a ceiling. And I think we'll hit a ceiling sometime this summer. It's not, there, it'll, it'll readjust in, 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 uh, with the market and then it'll just sit there for a while. And then, and then we'll, we don't know when it'll pick back up again, but this is a reset of the real estate market in the world. Everywhere in the world is going, experiencing this in major city centers. 
Whether you're a first-time home buyer or you want to sell your home for top dollar, you got to call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Don't forget, Golfie gets it sold so much so they became Hamilton's first real estate team to sell 1,000 homes in a year. And that happened last year, and it happened in the first 11 months. You can also follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's switch gears and talk about this Toronto couple who was absolutely shocked when they saw their rental increase. So this couple moved into a condo in Toronto in May of 2021. So basically uh, almost a year ago, and they signed a one-year lease. The allowable rent control guideline increase for the year was 1.2%, which is not out of the ordinary, but it doesn't apply to buildings that were constructed after November 2018. And and the unit in the condo that they're in uh, falls under this category. So um, they were shocked when they were told that their rent was going up by as much as 25%. It was going for two grand to 2,500 a month and they were expecting about a five to ten percent increase so they were prepared for an increase but not 25 percent. that is absolutely astronomical and and the landlord can demand it without any any problems with the uh, landlord uh tenant or the tribunal now yes it, it, a lot of people don't know this and uh, after 2018 um, landlords can up the rent as much as they want houses built after that time now that's why we're seeing a lot of apartment uh buildings going up like um like the leuna they built uh they're they're building downtown hamilton and they're built they're not building condos they're building apartment buildings and because they know after 2018 you know you have a tenant in there you can raise their rents any any as much as you want with and and go and keep the keep up with the the market rents at the time so now i've got i've got uh a, a property that's got a duplex i got one tenant paying uh 1350 another one paying 1250 now i can actually get probably 1750 on each one now i'm losing probably five uh, four to five hundred dollars a month on each one so there's a thousand dollars more i can actually collect huh. If 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 I had my building uh, was built after 2018, but I only can give them the regular, you know, 1.2, 1. 1.5 1. uh, rent increase, whatever the, the the allowable rent increase I can give. Now that's why they're giving incentives. Uh, um, developers are building uh, apartment buildings because now they know they can increase their rents whatever they want. They can and and a lot of them are building them, renting them out, and selling them. Because whoever buys them knows that there is no rent control on that building because they were built after 2018. But there's a way to protect yourself on this is when you sign a lease on these uh, uh, apartments or, or houses or whatever, sign to make sure that you have a pattern. If there is a rent increase, you can do a five-year kind of pattern on there, even though you may not stay there. Say, hey, listen, I'm signing a one-year a, con- a contract, but if I'm staying here for you know month to month after that, you can't increase my rent uh, to X amount of dollars after that. You know what I mean? Like like this is the yearly increase that I'm allowing you, and you pre-negotiate that. It's good for the tenant. You got to do that, especially on houses or uh, apartment buildings or anything that was built after 2018. So. Basically, you're as the tenant, you're requesting a clause be put into the agreement. 
Absolutely. Put yeah. something in there to prevent it from going up 25%. I mean, this guy was probably charging $2,000 rent. He probably saw that in this building, uh, that unit can demand $2,500. And he says, well, you know what? I'm doing it. If these people leave, I don't care because I, I know I'll fill it with somebody else that'll pay $2,500. He probably might even get $2,700 a month rent uh, once these people leave. So it just... You know what? That's the sad, sad. There's, there's good and bad in this world when it comes to owning and, and renting real estate. Uh, you know, the sad part for landlords, anything let, uh, older than 2018, they're only allowed a certain amount to raise the rent. And anything newer, then you're allowed to do it. So it's just kind of like, and, and, and tenants don't know this. Tenants don't know this when they're renting it. They're just renting it, you know, they're signing a, a lease and they're not expecting like a 25% increase. I get it. But, they, you know, they're not educated on this. Should point out that the couple involved in this Toronto condo is moving out uh, rather than paying the 25% increase. And they said, if we would have known they could raise the rent this much, we would have definitely considered an older building. When we return on the Gulfy Real Estate Show Hamilton edition, we're going to talk about the Ontario government's announcing some new measures to boost the housing supply. And regarding Canada's housing market, is it going to crash? Is it going to soar? Or is it going to do something else? Stay tuned. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here, Rob Golfy there. He's a sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700. Hamilton's first real estate team to sell over a 1,000 homes in a year. That's the Golfie team. Follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. And if you have an email for the Golfie team, send it to questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. When it comes to the provincial government's new measures to boost the housing supplies, they're Anything that sticks out to you to say, hey, this might work? I don't know. They're, <laughs> they're trying. They're spending money to, to get approvals done faster for, for developers and builders. But I, I don't think they're going to have the, the, the labor power to, to, to help this housing market. It's gonna, and, the, and, and their goal is to get over a million homes built. But by that time, they're still going to be behind the eight ball. If they can do the million homes in Ontario... That's fantastic, but I don't even think they'll be able to match that to meet that requirement because we, we've got a major labor shortage in this country, and they're going to have to immigrate like 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 people that have uh, 
uh, what do you call it, skills that can, you know, bricklayers. And you're not going to see too many bricklayers. You're not going to see too many houses uh, that have brick anymore. And it's going to be all siding because there's not many bricklayers. We got to bring bricklayers. We got to bring framers. We got to bring, we got to bring a lot of skilled labor into this country for us to meet this demand. And it's not there. I mean, I know uh, builders right now, they're, they're opening up sites and they're only selling so many because they know they don't have uh, the, the, the manpower to build you know, that many homes in, in, in a subdivision. So they don't want to sell everything and they have to wait. People have to wait three years. People, when they buy a home, they want to buy it. They want to go there and hopefully it's built within eight months, uh, nine months. Now, uh, I know condos is different. Usually it takes two to four years before they build a, a condo. They try to pre-sell. There's a lot more involved. But I, I, uh, I, I don't think um, it, it's going to be tough. And, and they're immigrating more and more people into Canada. They're, you know what I mean? So, I mean, they, and, and what, are the, what are the average? Within three to four years, they're buying a house. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I have a tenant right now. Uh, they're Syrians. And they came, they, they came here as refugees. They're ready to buy a house. These people have saved so much money. And, but they can't find anything. So as they save money, they're ready to buy. Housing market goes up. So they are like, they, they can't believe what's happening. But I mean, but they'll save enough. I mean, because they're not... They're, they're not consumer type peoples that go to restaurants and, and buy, you know, fancy shoes and, and clothes and stuff like that. So a lot of the money when they make, they actually bring home, they brown bag it to lunch every day. So, but it, it, it is, uh, it's going to be tough and, and, and it's going to take 10 years before, you know, see what happens then. They should have done this 25 years ago. Yeah. The, you know, I, I like the cutting of the red tape and, you know, the, the, the promise, or at least the hope of hiring more people in municipal offices to kind of, uh, you know, expedite the process. But th there seems to be, and you mentioned that there seems to be a gap in those skilled people because you can cut all the red tape you want. If you don't have people to actually build the homes, they're not going to get built. They're not going to get built. And there's going to be a struggle with that. Uh, there'll be a huge struggle. And so they, they've got to start bringing, yeah, they got to start bringing more people into the country that actually can, will want these jobs. Because Canadians that are born here, they don't want those hard labor jobs. But the, this is the opportunity for them to get, like, they'll, they'll be guaranteed a job. I remember when I was in grade eight, they, uh, I remember the guidance counselor was saying to, to me, was saying, you know what, Rob, he goes, plumbers, in, in a lifetime will make more money than a, 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 a general practitioner doctor. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, and, and they're probably right. Like plumbers do make really good money. I mean, they're on call all the time, obviously, depending on what, what business they run. But, uh, but plumbers, uh, you know, they need plumbers, they need framers, they need uh, electricians, they need everything. And my uh, electrician that I use all the time, um, he actually, uh, he's struggling because he's, he's got a shortage of electricians that are working for him. So, wow. and, and it's hard for me to get him. Thank God he's been, a, uh, doing stuff for me for a long time. So I, I, hopefully I am more of a priority because I am, uh, I use him more often than probably just a new guy. So I, I, I have that privilege of being first in line when I need to call him for something, but but if you're not, you know, so, and, and it just depends how you manage. I mean, now you got to be a good manager if you want a good team of, of whatever you are doing, a yeah. good manager and being a, a, a framer, uh, plumber, electrician, uh, anything. So, it's, it, uh, you know, it's, it's a great plug for the skilled trades that anybody listening to this program this morning and they have a teenager or maybe a granddaughter or a grandson who is kind of contemplating what to do with their life. Uh, yeah, being in the construction, being in the trades, 
uh, is not only lucrative, but a very rewarding career as well. And no one should be looking down on uh, that type of career. And I'm not sure why anybody would. But uh, yeah, if you're if you have a son or, or a grandchild who's kind of contemplating their future, that is uh, one avenue definitely to get into. They'll have uh, work for the rest of their life. That is for sure. Uh, when we come back, we're going to chat about Canada's housing market. Is it set to soar some more or is a crash on the horizon or is there even a third option we'll get to that when we come back here on the golfy real estate show hamilton edition on 900 chml you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 chml Last go round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales and Hamilton's first real estate team to sell a 1,000 homes in a year. The phone number is 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. And follow the Golfie team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give them a like. Give them a follow. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie t- team you'd like to uh, have answered on a future show, Send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Interesting article in the Globe and Mail earlier this week that uh, the headline really sums it up. Canada's housing market could crash or soar, but there's a more likely third option that nobody is talking about. Before we get that third option, is it more likely to crash or soar in 2022? I think it's not going to crash. I don't think it's, uh, I think we're going to still see another uh, soar. Uh, it's going to soar probably in the next couple of months with the spring market coming. And then I think it's just going to settle and pull back a bit, but we will not see a crash. We're not going to see a crash for many, many years from now. Ten, I, I, I give it 10 years. I give it 10 years uh, if we see any kind of crash. And that could be who knows whatever is happening in, in the world or the economy. But I do not see anything uh, happening like that uh, this year, even next year. I, I, I think it will pull back and it will settle, but it's not going to, it's not going to crash. You mentioned the word settle. The, uh, the reporter who wrote this uh, article said one possibility that gets surprisingly little attention is the prospect that the market could do something it hasn't done for a long time, sit still, and is not really predicting whether or not it's going to be a long slumber, but is questioning whether Canadians are ready for that. In, in terms of settling or sitting still, how long do you think that can happen? That can happen. You know what? Sitting still could, could take, it can be two, three years because that happened uh, sometime in the, uh, in the nineties. It settled. It just stayed, it stand, it stood still. It wasn't going up. It wasn't going down. It was just floating along and it's just flatlining. That was it. And I see that happening coming soon and it could stay like that for a while. So if you're buying a house, make sure you're going to stay there because, because if you have to move, it, it's, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to end up losing money. Now, I remember when I bought a house, I bought a semi for $120,000. I lived in it for five years. 
and I sold it five years later for one hundred and twenty thousand. <laughs> and so so that's where the flatlining comes in. And I think we will see that. I don't know when, but I could see that happening in in this decade. And it could be two, three years long. Now, um, people that get into the market right now, if there is a little bit of more growth, fantastic. But but it'll hit a ceiling and it'll flatline. And that's my opinion, what's going to happen. And it could flatline. It could flatline for a short bit. I saw a little bit of a flatline happening uh, in in um, the late uh, summer in uh, September last year. It just kind of settled. Nothing was going on. But I truly feel it, we will flatline and it'll settle. And, and that could, I don't know how long it'll take, but we will hit the ceiling soon. And once we hit it, it'll just flatline from there. Interesting that in a five-year span, you you didn't make you, you may have lost a little bit of money in terms of like moving expenses at I the did. end of the day. I had to pay. I had to pay real estate fees. <laughs> there you go. This was before I was a, a realtor, <laughs> I'm like, I, and talk about like that was frustrating as it is. Yeah, but I, I was going to say, you know, imagine you know five years ago, if you had a house and sold it today, you'd make uh, more than double, if not, uh, you know, around that around that much. Exactly. And interest rates were 13% at the time, 12, 12 to 13% at that Yikes. time. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, like it, it, and I know people are worried about housing prices crashing because of interest rates. I'm going to tell you, like the older generation, they're used to a, a different uh, uh, interest rates. Um, so they will go to their kids. Listen, you know, even at 4%, you're still getting a good deal, you know, <laughs> 3%. So don't, don't cry over that. Yes. It does make a difference in your, in your monthly, uh, mortgage payment because you're used to paying a different mortgage amount, but yeah, wait till you get to the 10 or 12, 13%. That's when I would be worried. I'd never want to go down that road again, but at, at between, I'd say between one to 3%, 4%, I think you're still okay. I, yes, it does make a difference in monthly payments, but I, I, I think you got nothing to worry about, even if interest rates get that high, which I don't think they will get as high as four. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Again, if you're a first-time homebuyer or you want to sell your home for top dollar, you got to call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton's first real estate team to sell 1,000 homes in a year. Online, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Rob, great show as always, and thank you for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.